Hello everyone. Before we jump into today's conversation, I just want to take a second to say that registration for the first ever Coaches Road Conference coming up in December is now open. Uh, you can check out our websites for details on how to register for the event. Again, the event is going to take place December 2nd, December 9th, and December 16th. So go register now to not miss out on your chance to hear from Dr. Wade Gilbert, Tommy Niemela, Sala Oss, and many more excellent speakers from Finland and around the world. Uh, and yeah, thanks. Let's jump into today's conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Vet- Vetle Dahlberg from the Norwegian Ice Hockey Federation. Vetle, sorry if I'm butchering your name right now. Um, but anyway, it's it's a great chance, I think, today to explore Norway's new polar bear model. Uh, they just kind of came up uh, and came out with it uh, here in the last couple of weeks, I believe. And and I think it's really, you know, interesting. It's on, it's on their website now, hockey.no, um, if you want to go check it out more. But it, it, it dives into the LTAD of player development, but then also coach education, coach development, parental uh, involvement and engagement and and just kind of everything that every aspect of player development and, and, and the kind of the how how the player moves from the active start stage all the way up until they're um, competing to win at the at the highest level. So a really interesting model and a really great chance today to, to talk to Vetle about it and how that has kind of been implemented and, and the, the stages of it and the focuses of it and, and how the, the player is being put at the center for sure. Yeah, and no, I also like um, what I really, really like is that and what I found a bit unique also in the conversation because we had similar conversations to to other people regarding their development pathway in the country. But what I really like that what Vedler has been emphasizing is that they actually because Norway is a big, big sports country and they are big on cross cross country skiing and many other other winter sports. And they actually also had meetings and sat down with the responsible people from the federation and really tried actually okay how does the norwegian cross-country association develop norwegian skiers and it's it's very interesting that they take this approach because it's it's a winter sports country and winter sports has been there very successful for a very long time so it's it's i find it's very thought-provoking this approach that they because it's it's an individual sport and it's not a team sport so I, I really, really like this, that they actually sit down with them and take something from them away also for their own development pathway. And regarding the conversation itself, I just felt this hour flew by. Um, we probably, if you listen to this, um, we did not touch on as many as areas as we would like to, but still the information um, Vettler provides are very specific and very interesting towards Norway. So um, um, so now let's kick it over to Wetland. We hope everyone who has been listening now will enjoy the episode with him. So now we would like to welcome on Wetle Dahlberg. Wetle, first of all, thanks for taking the time and joining us here today. How's everything going for you back in Oslo? Um, first of all, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Um, 
you know, things are good. Uh, starting to get that cold and dark time here in, in Oslo, Norway. So, uh, yeah, on with the heavy coats and, and scarves and, and uh, everything. But, uh, yeah, overall, hockey season's back. Uh, COVID-19, it's, it's not over, but, but at least things are, are fairly back to normal here. Uh, so, uh, yeah, things are, things are really good. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited to have you on. We, we were recommended to you by, by a listener to, to speak about, you know, Norway's new polar bear model and, and everything that you guys have come up with there and, and starting to implement. Um, but before we, we get into that, can you just give us a little bit of background about yourself and, and how you got into the position you're currently in with the Federation and, and just a little bit about your, your background in coaching and hockey? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, uh, 27 turning turning 28 in in november um played hockey from from when i was three four years old um then i i as a lot of guys battled a, a lot of injuries uh when i was in junior so uh i i went into coaching um probably <laughs> probably uh, I, I, that was my way anyways um and uh, so I, I coached for a couple of years, uh, found a lot of joy in that. Um, then I moved to Trondheim, a uh, city uh, north north in Norway. Um, and uh, I studied uh, sports science uh, while I was coaching a team up there and worked as a player development in, in, uh, in uh, the school system there, hockey school system. Um, then I moved back to Oslo, got a got a job as a youth hockey supervisor or, or sports manager for for the, the kids in, in a club here in Oslo. Um, worked there for a couple of years. Um, then I took took a year and a half off. Uh, actually, I was kind of, uh, yeah, hockey had been my life uh, since I was three, four years old. So I needed a little break. Um, I, I just... I started studying at the police academy here in, in Oslo. Um, kind of just needed a break, uh, some time off. But then after a year and a half, um, the Norwegian, the, the Federation here, they called me and, and asked me if I, I I was interested in coming working for them. And, and uh, yeah, um, that sounded like, like really exciting for me. Um, uh, to be able to, to to have that position and, and really feel like I can can make an impact in, in Norwegian hockey, so so uh, I quit school and and police ac- academy school and, and went back to, to hockey and sports. So so uh, yeah, that that kind of sums up my my journey. Uh, played until I was eighteen, coached in seven eight years. Uh, have a bachelor's degree in sports science and and, and yeah, uh, so. Uh, think that kind of sums up my my uh, my journey yeah that's cool i think you're the first person we've had on that's that studied to be a police officer at least a little bit so that's that's pretty interesting yeah. um so thanks for thanks for that background info and, and now like just to give a little bit of background about the topic for today the, the polar bear model can you can you give us a little bit about you know what that is and, and why uh the norwegian ice hockey federation is is making this change to the the polar bear model yeah it's um 
I mean, the, the polar bear model, I, I, I think we can start with what it is. Uh, so, so um, that's like, it's hard to explain. Um, we, we've tried to, we've had a lot of people asking us what it is, what is it? And, and it's so huge and massive that it's, it's hard to explain because it's, it's not only uh, based towards player development or coaches. It's also for the parents, the clubs. Um, so, so what we've done is is we've tried to make a model uh, that that kind of involves every every aspect of our game or of our our organization and federation. So, so we've put the player in the middle. Uh, it's it's it kind of, visually it kind of looks like Hemaplans model from from Sweden, um, where you got the player in the middle in the center of the ice, and you got all the all the other parts that that are um, that are kind of working with the player and that are important for the player to succeed, and and it's our our common development plan or development model for Norwegian hockey. So what we've done is, is we've tried to create like, like our direction um, for what, what we think is important for both our players, our coaches, our parents, our, our clubs and organizations, um, everything into this model uh, so that we can like, have one way our direction what do we which way do we want to go as a federation for norwegian hockey and and i think that that doesn't maybe sound like something something new i think that every federation kind of always want to be clear on what they think and what they think is is important but but at the same time i i think that um, our polar bear model is very clear. Our goal has not been to have as much information as possible. The massive worker has been to find all the information that's out there and, and kind of do it as, as clear and, and, and small as, as you can without losing any of the important stuff. So, because you know, like, like me and you guys and, and people that, that, uh, work with this every day or they study this is school they can read page page down and page down and page down of stuff but but if you want to reach out to that parent or 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 that club out there where a guy comes from he, he has his regular job and he comes to the rink and he just wants to do his practice do the practice with his kid you you, you kind of can't you can't expect him to read page down and page down so that's been been like a massive job to, to kind of narrow it down and, and only have the important stuff in there um so yeah but 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 so what it is it's, it's our our common development model of wh which direction we want norwegian hockey to go um and to why the change started or why we started working on this um i think that i mean that we started working with it um a couple of years before I started, uh, I've only been with the Federation for uh, 14 months. So the work started uh, a couple of years before that or 
I guess you can say it started it started 10, 15 years ago because there's obviously stuff in the model that that we started working on for a lot of years back. But but um, because our our federation is it's always been fairly small, so it's been like three, four, five employees in the Norwegian Ice Hockey Federation, and they've been like doing everything. They've been mm. They've been making sure that the, the the games are going as they should. They've been they've been working with the national teams. They've been they've been out out there selling the project, making money. They've been doing everything. So so they kind of have had more than enough with just keeping the wheels going. And then, as in the last six seven years, we've kind of gone from five, six employees to 14, 15 employees. So that's obviously made made our made the possibilities for us to to kind of um, talk to our our hockey family here in Norway in a different way. So we've we've been able to to kind of reach out to them and 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 get things out there in what we we recommend. Um, so that's first of all what what made the change is that we were getting more manpower into the offices and 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 getting we were getting the possibility to to create something like this and and also you know our clubs and teams and coaches and parents and everyone out there has has for a long time been asking the question to uh what's what's the sports plan uh which direction do you recommend us going and and again, going back to four, five, six employees, you haven't had the cap- capability of making such because 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 you've been too few people. But but now with our growth and 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 personnel, we've also gotten the the possibility to to create something like this. And and so it's, I mean, when I was a coach myself, I also wanted the federation to come out with something like this, and then we. So uh, the, the work started with just making a sports plan for the players and coaches, like this is the way we want to go. But, but as we worked on this, the, the work evolved and became massive. So we got like a club, an organization development part in the model. We got like parent devo- development in the model, players, coaches, and everything. Like you can see when you, you click into the polar bear model one. On our website so it kind of just evolved and it got massive we might took some some water over our heads there uh so it kind of evolved to be because again we're we're like we're not more than 14 15 people in the offices and it's like four of us are working with with the sports stuff so we're we're only four guys there but but still it's that's kind of the background for it um and and with covid covid coming in and uh, and um and uh, the games and stuff kind of put on pause it also gave us some breathing room to to be able to to work with this really hands-on day in day out so um so for us covid might be might have been like a positive thing in in, in some parts like i guess it's been for all people Yeah, um, I think 
I think there's there's definitely those upsides that we can see in, in some of the pandemic. It has it has given a lot of time to I think reflect and and, and evaluate our processes and everything like that. So, um, it, it has been a good I think opportunity to to revisit some things and and it sounds like it's a you know you we were talking about it in our pre call. It's a very interesting model, right? Because you like you said, it takes in all of these different aspects and and tries to include everything within our game and and. Uh, we just had an interesting conversation last week, actually, with um, Gordon McClelland from working with parents in sport and, and including the parents into the model as well. Like, I think that's really a big aspect of it as well. I want to focus now on the, the player development piece of the model. And can you, just, uh, can you just explain to us how the Norwegian Ice Hockey Federation, you know, defines player development or sees player development as... You know what? What does it see it as, kind of thing? Yeah, um, good question. Um, I think that the our player development model, long term player development model, is 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 that's the backbone of the model, and and the backbone of everything. I mean, that's the backbone of of everything we do um, when it comes to to the sports side of our our federation and organization. So that that model that work also we haven't had that uh, like previous so the work of that started uh, i think it was a year before i i got here uh, they started working on that um, some great guys uh espen setter uh uli christian tollefsen former nhl player petter salsten who's our head director of sports um here um those guys with with uh, uh, with Olympia Toppen, which is uh, is like this. I don't know how to explain it, but it's it's the center of, of performance, sports performance here in Norway. Olympia Toppen, um, uh, and and so they started working on that, and and what they did then, and and what we've done since is we've looked at other big hockey nations like USA Hockey. Hockey Canada. Uh, we, we've obviously looked to our, our neighbors, Sweden, Finland. Uh, what did they do? Um, and then we've looked at because because you know Norway is it's a fairly small hockey nation, but we're a big proud sports nation. Uh, you know we we take tons of medals in the Olympics. We so we're we're I mean based on our population, we're way better than we should be in 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 the Olympics. Um, so we've also looked at some of the big sports here in Norway, um, alpine skiing, cross country skiing, uh, handball sports that we're, we're good at here. And so we looked at other big hockey nations. What did they do? We looked at other big sports here in Norway. What did they do? Uh, and we combine all that intel and looked at our situation, hockey in Norway, how this this fit in there. And based on all that information, we we created our own LTAD model um, and to fit it into to our system. Uh, we we connected that with our coaching education, which we might can touch in on a bit later. Uh, so and made our stages uh, and everything we we now do is is based into those stages. So we have like the active start, the fundament, 
learn to train, train to train, uh, train to compete and train to win, and then hockey for life. So obviously the stage that are missing there is learn to compete, which we kind of are integrating into the train to train slash train to compete levels like 13 to 19. So we're, we're trying to find, and that, that the reason why we did that is, is because it connects to our, our school system here. Uh, it connects to our coach education. It connects to everything. So it, it's a better, that's the right way for us to go. Um, and so now that we have our stages and, and we've, Make them into the model, or, or as I said earlier, it's it's the backbone of our model. Um, you kind of everything you do, you want to link it to one of those stages. So you, in those stages, you want to have on ice training, off ice training, games, all of those obvious things that that you want to have in there. What what do we recommend when it comes to on ice training, off ice training, everything? But but also like the bigger picture. I mean, growth and development for for kids in in the age group 10 to 12 or 13 to 15 and like we know there's so much going on then and that's that's information that the parents need to have or the coaches need to have because when you got a girl at 13 that's stopping her development it's not because she's not working out properly or or she's not into it or motivated motivated it's probably because of her her development into turning into a lady. So she's starting to, to produce, to produce her hormones, which stagnates her development maybe for a little time. And, and so, so that's a lot of information that that's important just in going off the ice and off away from training, just psychologically growth, physical, physiological growth. Um, and, and also, so, so yeah, and that 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 kind of turns into to how we look at player development. This because I think that we look at it with 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 a fairly European view. I think that a lot of a lot of countries here in Europe looks at it that way. But but it's like you need to work on developing the person, the the the, the person behind it, the athlete. You have to look at it from from twenty four seven perspective. I mean the the kids are at the at the rink for two, three hours, maybe. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff going on, on outside the rink, outside the ice, outside the, the off ice, um, uh, workout. So, so our view is the, the, the full on 360 vision, uh, looking at the entire person working with those and, and, and you can't develop good players if you, you don't have people there that, that are feeling good, good with themselves and, 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 yeah, so so that's short summary on, on our player development. It's it's you got to start on working with the person and the people and uh, and and getting them to feel comfortable and 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 also that's the important stuff. I mean, in, I mean, everyone here loves hockey and, and you want that's that's the fun part. But but first of all, it's all about all about developing good people. Yeah, and one hundred percent. Like that's what I also like. It's very, as you said, it's some, some things like how the model is set up is very similar to some things I've been seeing on, on the Swedish website and also 
one 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 presentation it was um, a webinar about player-centered environment from with marcus Ackerblom he did with usa hockey and we also talked to him and he had, he had a similar um model where the player was put in the middle so i, I really like this this approach is i mean I, I don't think you can say this is copying or something this is just so essential to put the player in the middle because at the end of the day the player is the most important resource so there's no like it's not like that this is just taken and and um it's just copied it's 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 the player is the most essential resource in order to actually help him or her to develop and there because as you said also there are so many other things going on with a girl hormones are growing and <laughs> she 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 um makes different kind of experience so i think at the same time there are a lot of things that needs to be prioritized except from hockey i think that's the point i want to make here and um overall I, I i think that you mentioned those all those stages and um like learn to train all these all these stages you mentioned them shortly and and and, and in the pre-call we talked a little li- a little bit about um what you want to do at which age and specifically we talked a bit also about um how many games percentage you want to play in play in 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 which age groups and i i think um, i'm pretty sure you guys also had a look at the um, study that the swedish ice hockey association did in comparison with the uh, finnish ice hockey association and uh, oh sorry now i got a call but i will answer this later um anyway let's move on and i found this so interesting uh because i i still find that there were some things that were um tied into or specific to your country um overall so and speaking about this could you please explain that how much of games you want to play until which age and what type of format and why yeah absolutely um uh first of all a funny story uh, with a with it looking like the swedish hemoplans model um we that was before my time where they kind of visually made the model and they were so happy and like yeah cool let's go for it and and then like obviously the work was years years in in an advance so so it wasn't ready to be published or anything but they were like yeah this is cool player in the middle and and Mm -hmm. all the other people around the, the the rank there so uh and then like two three weeks later sweden they published their hemoplans model and i think guys at at the office were like oh man it's <laughs> it looks like the same thing so when we publish our it's going to look like copy paste but but now it's it's different from that model obviously yeah. our our model is, is something different um and and uh, i think that both are equally great but but it's it's two different things but yeah yeah, going over to the games um uh there we actually we we are we have like kind of copied sweden for for our kids there because uh sweden's work in the last last years with with looking at the possibilities of of creating a new game format for for the kids and, and we think that was that was really interesting. And, and, and here in Norway, we played like half ice or one third of the ice, five and five, until the kids are 10 and under. 
Uh, and then from 11 and under, uh, we have age group in, in every age. So, so from 11 and under, they play like five on five full ones. And, and uh, everyone knows how, how good and positive small area games and, and is for, for the development of, of, of young kids. And, and, and also it's, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more, more involving for everyone there. And, and, and so it's, I mean, based on that information and also based on the fact that at least the big team sports here in Norway, soccer and, and handball, they play like small, smaller area games. They play like soccer plays three on three, five on five, seven on seven, nine and nine. And then when they're at age 13 or 14, they play 11 versus 11 full pitch. And then in handball, they do the same. They go four on four, five on five, six on six, and then they go seven on seven. Um, and, you know, knowing that and knowing that we kind of almost from the start go five on five full ice um, and just looking at the game, I mean, looking at it 11 and under five on five full ice game, you got one kid's so good at skating. So he scores 10 goals because he's just much faster than all the other kids and all the other kids that are just standing out there holding their sticks. Um so based on that, I, I think it, it's been an idea for me and, and other people in Norway, hockey people in Norway, that we need to do something. And then we got uh, got our noses in that, that Sweden was doing their massive project. And obviously Sweden's much bigger and has much more resources than us to do something like that. So for us, it's more like just paying attention and when when they started working on that okay we were like awesome uh we contacted them and they were like they were really really positive into to having a meeting with us and, and start start sharing with us so really appreciative of, the, of that and and uh shows that that hockey that are, the hockey family is fairly open and 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 everyone uh want each other well so we, we've been talking to them, have have had and still have good conversations with them. And, and right now we're testing out the same game format here, um, which basically is up till nine and under. You play three on three on one sixth of the ice. And from 10 and 11 and under in those ages, you play uh, three on three, one quarter of the ice. And then you play three on three, one third of the ice at ages 12 and under. And her will, we've also tested it for 13 and under this season, uh, which I, I think in Sweden, they stop at 12 and under. So, um, so that's, I mean, this season, we have it like a pilot going, uh, volunteer for the teams and the regions out there that want to test it out. Um, and, so we can get some footage, we can get some information, we can get some, some, uh, yeah, we can make up our own minds and how does this work for us? And, and first, I mean, basically by now, at least mainly our, our feet are, our, um, 
our feedback from out there has been that it's it's been really good and positive and, and people are excited. Um, so, and then we know that there are still some guys going five and five full eyes at 11 and under and, and okay, that's, that's, that's their, they gotta, they gotta speak for themselves, but, but our goal is from next season, it's, it's, this is what we do. There are no big guys five and five. And, and I mean, we've, we've, we've been talking about this and like our coach education and stuff for years that play small area games or, or here in, in Norway, we call it small team games, like small log speed, which so, and that for me is also the difference because it's not only making the area smaller, but it's, it's about making, getting less people on the ice. Cause if you're, if you're playing five on five on a small area, you're still going to have probably two kids yeah. uh, on each team that are not involved in the play. Yeah. If you go three on three, probably all, all six players are involved. Worst case scenario, maybe you got one on each team that are yeah. eating snow in the, in the, by the boards and, and you got a two on two game, but, so it's it's not only about making the area smaller, but it's about less people on the ice. So you get more interaction, more hockey actions in, in each player, and, and so so yeah, it's for me it's 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 really interesting. And I think that from next season, if we just go for this and, and make this the the direction that we're going, it's going to be huge for Norwegian hockey and. and uh, that's might give us a step on, on other nations that we, we can compare ourselves with. Yeah. And you, you, you mentioned that 100% a point that I, I actually wanted to transition into this, that there, that there are still people um, at 11, you playing five on five, right. And um, reflecting on myself growing up that at 11, you, we had, or 12, you, we had games, I mean, regular season games where we played five on five. And um, as you said as well, like, the, the the natural kids who can skate well they 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 just they just looked so good from an outside perspective on the ice because they were scoring goals they skated well but it's not equal um, it's not um this can't be compared to like actually developing game sense and understanding the game reading the game and decision making all these kind of things that can't com can't be compared to this and um this 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 is very interesting because i'm 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 really looking forward to how the implementation for you guys looks like because as you know in Sweden they started the process with the game formats already and we also talked to Anders Wallström about the game formats here on the on the show and also a little bit about about their expectations and everything and now I I want to ask you as well that again there are people 100% um, as you said as well who still do five on five right now so probably they still want to do it in the future and how do you convince the coaches that hey five on five at 11 you is not the way how hockey players are developed overall first of all how do you want to convince certain coaches and how do you want also convince certain parents because you hear all the time that or very often hear that five on five is the game situation so that's why you should play five on five yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, great question. Um, difficult, difficult subject. But yeah. I think first of all, you get this. You got the stats that that are created. I mean, there are tons of it now uh, from USA Hockey way back on small area games, and then you got got Sweden now with their game format and, and all the stats they got. And 
And I, I think that we need to start in those looking at those hockey actions, which which Sweden's call it, like when you combine skating and hitting and shooting and passing and stick handling and everything. And I mean, if you look at those, uh, it speaks for itself. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, you gotta like, it's not, I get that people, I get that people can say, well, the grownups game are five on five. So we need to play five on five. But then, then my answer would be like, we got to put our players in situations that looks like the grown-up game. And you're not getting those five-on-five full eyes from 11 or 12 and under. Or so, so which situations do you, do you, do you get when you play three-on-three small eyes? Yeah, you get those, the same situations that you get when, uh, when our, our top, top, league here in Norway plays uh five on five. So and and those are the the hockey actions that I, I described earlier. So we need to look at getting and creating more or as many hockey actions as you you can get. And it's not about teaching the kids systems because and teaching them to play the game full on. It's about teaching our players to 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 kind of play all of those situations and just making them capable of of finding the solution to those hockey actions situations so we need to put our players in situations where they play one on two where they play two on two when they they got guys coming from behind they when they have no time when they need to start and stop and skate and and switch directions and and all of those situations aren't 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 happening when you play five on five full ice so i mean that's that's the hockey side of it i mean it's and you show the stats and and you know that it's much more developing for the players um i also think that it it takes time i mean here we, we played five on five always from 11 and under and up. Yeah. And so that's what's normal. And everything new is is so dangerous. <laughs> I mean, trying something new is so dangerous, even just playing three on three. So uh, at time, I think then when this gets to be the normal thing, people will also, okay, this is what we do. So if you look at soccer where they play like, seven and seven seven versus seven for ages no one is debating that but when they went down to play five versus five ah people were like hey we can't play five and five and then that got normal and then they went down to three on three and then you got the same so so it takes time um you need to show the stats and just explain why it is important and when people say it doesn't look like the game, I say, yeah, that's exactly what it does. Because you get starting and stopping and shooting and passing and stick handling and guys all over and, and no time. But when you play five on five full S, it doesn't look like the game. It looks like a bandy game. Um, so uh, those are the arguments for. And 
maybe the most important argument. I, I mean, now we're into the player development part, side of it, which yeah. is is the fascinating and, and the fun thing to talk about. But I mean, first and foremost, it's much more fun for the kids. Mm. I mean, they get to play a lot more. They get to get a lot more involved into the game. It's easier to create a team. And here in Norway, we have too, too few teams. So now you suddenly you only need five five kids to have a hockey team. So it's more teams, shorter travel between games, funner for the kids. Um, you can get the sports to be cheaper. Hockey can be cheaper here in Norway because you don't need to, to travel so far to play a game. You can play more games in one day. I mean, all of this upsides is it's like kind of like the political upsides, if you, you can call it that, uh, which is kind of the actually it's more important like when you why does a 10 year old what's most important for a 10 year old uh when it comes to hockey well it's that the 10 year old is having the time of his or hers life so um i think those are there are tons of arguments there as well so for me it's like a no-brainer and and i can sit here for i mean we can sit here to tomorrow and talk about why uh so uh yeah it's it's uh well, it's just... some sleep, some sleep wouldn't hurt. Also during the night. But... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's really interesting because you know I, I think Rick and I talk a lot about how you know how important small area games are for for kids and for development and developing that hockey sense and that. And I, I really like the way you put it, like playing the situation rather than just the system that they're being taught, you know, and and everything like that. I, I think that's really important, and I think one interesting thing that's pretty unique to Norway when it comes to youth sports is this this the idea of child's right to sport so I want to talk about that a little bit because from my understanding and then from the the Hockey Norway website it's it's that the government has set like kind of the rights to how children can play in competitions and everything like that as they get older um, so I think it's starting at six years old is when they can start to do kind of local competitions and then it advances through um their ages until i think it's under 13 in hockey is that right correct uh yeah. good good question yeah. um yeah it's i mean that that is a heavily debated topic here in norway uh obviously and and it's unique to 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 our sports model uh when you look at other nations um and i mean in gen general uh, the idea for me, it's it's great, and 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 because um, the goal of of those rights is to ensure that everyone gets the chance to play, everyone gets the same opportunity to develop, everyone gets their opportunity to 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 play sports, um, and then I mean it's you shouldn't have to have it because people should have common sense but we all know that when you even though you, you can be the greatest guy in the world but when you get there in the bench under a game at your 11 and under team suddenly it's all about winning right and when you get out on the ice at the practice the next day it's all about creating the next nhl player uh so that common sense gets lost somewhere along the way and that's where those rights come in. 
and they are there to ensure that that our goal is getting kids into sports, getting them to have fun, giving everyone the opportunity to develop. And and we all know that it's if you or if one of you guys or me or anyone is being told to go at a 12 and under team and pick out the guy that's going to be the best in 10 or 15 years, you're going to miss probably. So um, the, the rights are there. And they, they, as you said, you, you can compete like you from six and up, you can compete local and then you can from nine and up regional and then you can go national and then you can go over or out of the country and and, and every so it, it regulates our possibilities of competing or and and it also regulates it's like everyone has to play the same amount of time everyone has to be everyone has to be given the same opportunity to practice like if i'm a coach at a 10 and under team and I send one player up to train with the 11 and unders, the rest of the team also need to get that opportunity. So everyone is needs to get the same opportunity. And then uh, on the other hand, you can also say that, well, are everyone on our 10 and under team ready for practicing with the guys that are a year older? And the answer is probably going to be no. So that's where the debate comes in and that's where those rights can kind of get challenging. But then to me, it's, it's about being uh, in, I mean, conversation with the parents, look, your kid is, is maybe not ready for this. We need to talk about this and maybe he should or her should practice with the kids that are a year older. And then you, in my world, they kind of get the same opportunity. They get to, extra practice with a team that is at the level that your kid is at. But, but then obviously the parents can say, no, no, my kid must practice with the 11 and unders. And then based on the rights, the kid needs to go on. So, I mean, it's, it can be challenging, but, but I think that overall in general, the rights are great. I, I know that, they they are there to preserve a lot of the heavily debated problems and issues that are in child sports around the world with with focus on the results, focus on the next game, focus on the two best kids on the team because they're going to be NHLers and to hell with the rest of them. Sorry, my language there, but but so so those child sport rights are are there to to preserve and make sure that everyone gets their opportunity. Uh, and when you look at our, I mean, Norwegian sports, as I said earlier, great sports nation, great sports nation. Always. Uh, and then you can look further at it and say, we're very good at individual sports. So maybe the child rights are, are better for individual sports. I, I'd say it's easier at least to to make sure that you're within the rights at individual sports it's tougher for for team sports but we're still fairly good when you look at team sports like handball or or even hockey i mean we're fairly small country but we do it fairly well um in international competitions and and even soccer which is a huge sport 
I mean, we're not like the greatest country, but based on our based on our population, we're doing way better than we should. So, so yeah. Speaking about specifically children, and now we were focusing um, for this first part of the conversation about the younger ones, um, because it's very essential, first of all, to get them involved, and then secondly, to help them, because as you said as well, the long-term aim of the polar bear model is to um, have a long-lasting career pathway in hockey, but the steps towards this are very long. And especially again, if we go back speaking about kids is that as we, if we have been like people who have been listening regular to our show and who are interested in um, overall athlete development, and I'm 100% sure you know this also that um, you really want to make sure that they actually can stay long in the sport. And where I'm getting at is that the overall aim is that we want kids and actually to to help them to develop hockey hockey skills we also want to make sure that we take care of athletic side and that they're involved in other sports so overall we definitely want to avoid that um they specialize too early and at the same time they have them an, an exposure to different sports at early stages how do you want to facilitate that process so they actually have the opportunity to have a long, have a long lasting journey as a hockey player. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, that's, I think it's important. Like, like you said there, Rick, and, and I mean, obviously uh, I've talked now a lot about it needs to be fun and everyone needs mm. to get the same opportunity and, and everything. And that's really important, but our main or not our main goal, one of the big goals here is obviously to create good hockey players. And, and if you ask a kid, what, what do you think is fun? Uh, one of the first thing that kid is going to say, it's to be better, to get better, to improve, mm. to, to develop. Uh, so we need to make sure that, uh, that we develop our players. Cause if you coming week in and week out and you're not getting any better at it, they're going to quit. So, mm. so like that was like Matt's sessions for me at, high school was no fun because I wasn't getting any better at it. So, um, so we need to, to develop our players and, and, um, and, um, that comes through our long-term player development model, our own LT, AD, uh, model, um, we are having a lot of it kind of like having a lot of recommendations to what do you need to focus on in what age group or what stage of the model uh how much should you practice on this and this and that stage and and everything so we have like this i think it's called matrice in, in english as well um uh, like this matrice, which we've had for years and years, I think it comes from Finland way back, um, which says the percentage of what do you what you should practice at it at what should, what age, and we with creating our stages in LTAD model, we also uh, created a new matrice based on the all, but but a new matrice which says how much percentage should you practice on what at which age, so. 
from seven to 12 uh, years old, we are like 50% technical skills and skill development and 50% small team games, as, it, as it's called here in Norway, or small area games. Um, so 50-50 technical development and, and play games, play, just play them. And, and through technical developments, you can all obviously do that with, with games and, and, and tag or, or, or anything. And, uh, and also we know that the playing is obviously developing technical skills as well as the hockey sense, but so you, you got the 50, 50. And then when you come to 13, uh, and up 13 to 15, it kind of gets a bit more complex but you still want to play like 40% of small areas, like small team games. Uh, and you want to have 35% on technical development. And then you want to have 15% on position-based practice. And that doesn't mean that you're there to just pick when they're 14. You're not going to pick like you're a defenseman and you're forward, but you need to work like, okay, today we're, we're doing a lot of drills that are, good for the defenseman, but everyone can do them. But I mean, these are the situations that a defenseman can, can encounter a lot of times during games. So we're going to work on that, this, or maybe we say that today, Derek, you're, you're with the D's and Rick, you're with the forwards and tomorrow we change and switch it up. So, and, and what we mean by that. And so we're doing that 15% and technical skills, 35. And when you summarize, you get 50 but instead of just doing general technical skills, you're, you're doing 15% that are a bit more, a bit more specialized into a position on the eye, on the, on the eyes. And we go up and, and, and I mean, when it comes up to 16 to 19, it gets more complex. You got a li little bit more from working with the playbook and working, let's see, like a lot of systems. We're still like playing, uh, small area slash multi-team games 30% of the time. Uh, and into those small area games, you can obviously work a lot on things from your playbook. Um, so, but there it gets a bit more complex and you start working more with the Ds and the forwards and, 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 and everything. But, but yeah, that, that matrice, uh, it's, our goal has been to make it as simple as possible, but still as as um, definite as possible. I mean, so so people out there can use it. And and then we've gotten the question from a lot of people like, why aren't you sectioning in the technical skills to like how much skating, how much passing, how much stick handling, and then uh, that then it gets too much for me at least. Uh, it gets too specific uh, and it starts to be difficult. And why do we, so if, if we'd said like, okay, 20% of the 50% should be passing and receiving and, and you got it, it gets diff difficult. And it also like, you can obviously work on passing and receiving while you're working on skating or while you're working on stick handling or while you're so, so yeah, but, but, I mean, to us, it's like if you follow that matrice, uh, you should you should work on a lot of good stuff, and 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 then it's the next goal is obviously to 
to getting them to not only work on drills because the drill is irrelevant. It's the, what are we working on today? Mm. You, mm. you need to be able to answer that question because there are tons of good drills out there, but what really is it, is a drill good or bad? I don't know. You tell me because it's all about what are we working on? Okay. We're working on invading space or we're working on setting our feet and, um, does this drill uh, challenge me on the concept that we're working on today? If the answer is yes, then I'd say, okay, good drill. But if the answer is no, then, well, so there are no good, good drills or bad drills, but do they match the concept that we're working on today? Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, I think it's really interesting because <clears throat> I, we're, we're talking a lot about right now, I'm doing this kind of certificate thing for coach development. And we talked in their last module about the, the what to coach and the how to coach. And I, I think you're, you're right there when you say that, because um, there, it, it's also like if, if you're challenging the players and everything like that, that the drill can be good. But then I think it's a lot more to do with how you are acting as a coach during that drill. What kind of feedback are you giving? How are you interacting with the players? How are you challenging them? And, and things like that. And, you know, we, we have a, a lot more we want to, to talk with you about, um, but we're, we're getting to our hour mark here now today. So maybe we can find some, some time to sit down in the near future and, and start this conversation up again, because we didn't even touch on, on the coach development system, coach education system you guys have, have started to implement. And I, I know that that is where you guys see your highest potential. So that's something we definitely want to talk about for sure. Um, but maybe we can set time up in the future for that. But for now, we have just kind of one final question today, uh, and that's something we ask at the end of all of our conversations is just, do you have any kind of final thoughts or final messages from the, the things we talked about today for, for any coaches out there or any, anybody listening out there? Yeah, um, I have a lot on my heart, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that if you're going to go with, with one, one, one thing, it's, like everything, I mean, have fun with it. I mean, you need to enjoy, you need to have fun. Uh, comes to players, comes to coaches, comes to, to everything you do in life. If you don't enjoy it and have fun with it, uh, you're not going to do very well. And, and I mean, so you have got to ask yourself the question, why do I do this? And hopefully the answer is because I enjoy it, because it's the coolest thing that I, I know. And, and I came into me when I started coaching and I mean, long hours, uh, lousy salary, um, but I mean, it, it was the coolest thing that I knew. So have fun with it. And if you have fun with it, uh, you're probably going to be fairly good at it as well because you're going to read reports, you're going to listen to podcasts, uh, you're going to watch webinars and, and educate yourself. And then my other advice is it's to be humble and to be open to, to, to your surroundings and to always be open to learning new things. And, and, uh, I mean, like me, I'm, I'm still, a for, I'm still a young, young guy myself. And, uh, I think the, the dumbest thing, thing you can do is to start to think that, you know, everything. So, so for me, for instance, tomorrow I'm going on a, 
two week two day conference for child and youth sports here in Oslo to, to try to learn new things and 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 just from starting at the federation how much I've learned last year and year year and a couple of months there it's it's been massive so so have fun with it and and, and be a humble down to earth guy open to learning new things I, I think those are two important things it's but at the same time I mean you, you got to be sure in yourself and, and not be 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 scared to to speak your mind but uh but be open to to suggestions from from your surroundings I, I'd say that that's that's important if if you want to achieve anything in life yeah yeah well I think that's a, a great final message to, to end today's part one of two hopefully and then and we can come back to all this stuff in a, in a, in another time. So, Vetla, thank you for, for joining us today. And um, thank you for taking the time and, and chatting us about Norway's polar bear model and, and everything that surrounds that. Um, and yeah, like I said, we, we look forward to, to having you on again, hopefully. And, and, and until then, um, all the best and, and have fun at the conference this weekend and, and everything like that. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon. So one more time, big thanks to Wettler for taking the time and joining us here today. Um, I hope that everyone who has been listening until here has been enjoying the uh, conversation and was able to take some information away from the conversation and is able to apply apply it to your own coaching context. And um, again, as emphasized in the beginning of the introduction, I really like the fact that they were actually sitting down with a lot of different federations from a lot of different sports backgrounds to um, figuring out what's the best way of developing Norwegian hockey players. And I also encourage everyone really to um, have a look at their webpage. Um, you can translate everything with Google Chrome. We will provide it in the show notes because seriously, we, we, we did not get to a lot of things, but the things we talked about were very interesting and I, I really liked the conversation. And um, my, 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 my first overall key takeaway here is that from the from the conversation is that I really like that when we move to the part when we talked about playing five against five at 11u and they they adjust their game formats now in Norway as well and um, and then I asked Bettler that how what does he expect people how do they deal with this that because there are people who have been actually playing five on five and still play five on five in this age and I really like that he said that when people say it does not look like the game, I say yes, it does because there are all the elements involved then in a game which is five on five. If you play two against two or three against three in a smaller area on a smaller format or on a different format. Yeah, and I think you know if everyone goes back and listens to our episode with Anders Wallström and checks out the the study that they did with FIHA, then you know it's very clear that smaller area games with smaller humans makes Mm. sense you know Mm. and and actually those hockey actions appear more commonly and you know to your to your point there at the beginning how they brought in sources from bigger hockey nations and then other sports in norway and then they they took some stuff from from sweden for the game formats and everything like that it, it, it reminds me of our conversation with dr stephen norris about long-term athlete development and how 
you know, there's no models. They don't really fit anywhere. You kind of have mm. to figure out which model fits for you and your context. Mm. And I think that's exactly what Norway did with their with their new polar bear model because they took in, you know, all of these resources from all of these different countries and all of these different sports. And they said, how does it fit in with our context? How does it fit in with our athletes? How does it fit in with the school system? How does it fit in with the coach education system and everything like that? And and I think it's really interesting what they came up with. So yeah, we the, the link's down in the show notes. Go check it out for sure. It's really, it's kind of a fun site to use. You can click on different buttons and stuff like that. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. You know, my my first point besides, besides the fact that they, they just, you know, took in all these different sources is, is I really like how they view player development. It says clearly on their website, you know, the first sentence under player is player development is about making the best possible version of yourself. And that doesn't just include the best possible hockey player. While that is a goal for them to develop good hockey players, because that's, you know, what everyone wants to do. The, the bigger goal is to develop good humans, good people, and then good athletes and everything like that. And, you know, they, they look at it as, I really appreciate how they take the stages of their development model and they expand them to not just how they develop as a hockey player, but, you know, what's the growth and maturation of this age group? What what yeah. should we be expecting with, with this young athlete, 11 year old, what changes are their bodies going through? What changes are their minds going through their, their emotions, their social aspects and everything like that. And you really have a broad perspective of that little human being. And, and I think that that is so important, right? Like you, you, we speak so much and we had a great conversation with Alpo about truly coaching the human, but then you look at these, most of these models, they just take into account the physical aspects or the, the sports specific aspects or anything like that. But this one truly involves every aspect of the, of these little individuals. And, and I think that is, is so crucial when you think about developing good hockey players overall is to start mm. with. You know, and as 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 Vetla said it, you know, you can't develop good players if you if you don't have good people that feel good about themselves. So I think that's a really important aspect of their model. Yeah, I. This is like, this is a very very, like when when he was saying this this sentence sentence that it really made me thinking and reflecting about just overall the experience we have been making here and then also the experience you, I, and a lot of other people have been making as players that because 100% you need to be, or you need to feel like comfortable with yourself to actually have the opportunity to develop. And I really like, as you said as well, now like that they really try to consider the growth maturation because what I'm, what I'm feeling also now with my athletes that it's, it's, it's very crucial and very essential to have consistent expectations, but you need to understand when you coach certain age groups like 15 you 14 you they are days because their their body as bodies are adjusting they're changing um they are days where they are maybe a little bit um where they display different behavior than they usually display but not because they want to display the, the behavior just because they're going through hormonal changes and on top of this they have school um they they need to they need to figure out their priorities what is important to them in life friendship social life all these kind of things i just took a few breaks here because i just wanted to think that 
100% what's the point I want to bring across. That's why. And I, I, I just think, I just really like that they consider this. And going back to the conversation, my, my next point is that um, how Vettler said this as well is that it's not about teaching the players the system. It's teaching them about um, certain game situations. And, and that, that reminds me of uh, one quote I said also in, in the episode we had about our coaching philosophy, which, which, which I took from Tobias Johansson in, our co in my coaching philosophy, that uh, a player does not develop in the system, uh, a system does not develop until the player within the system develop the individual player. And I think that just shows that how crucial is that we really need to teach certain game situation roles and the ability to understand what is happening in the game, in which situation, what do I do need to do now, in which situation am I right now? Yeah, and and I, I think that that, you know, he, he said it as well in, in our pre-call, but play the situation and not the position. Yeah. And and he said it in an episode as well in, in, in a little bit of a different way, but it, it just goes to show how, you know, I, I think this idea is not new, right? Like the idea no. of, of teaching game situations, game roles, and and like kind of individual tactics is is not new. And and I, I think that that is, you know, it, it's common, it's becoming more and more common to see that in federation models, in club models, in, in development plans and everything like that. But it's really hard to, to actually do. Like it, it's one thing to say it, but then it's, it's another thing to get everybody on the same page and doing it because, you know, we, we have that kind of, and, and Vetla was saying it, you know, when sometimes when you step on that bench for your U11 game, you know, you want to win that game, you know, and you want to, you want to go to practice that next day and, and, and plan and teach to win that next game that next weekend and everything like that. But stepping away from that, stepping away from that view and realizing that teaching players to play the position is much more important than it is or sorry teaching players to play the situation is much more important than it is to have them play the position and and i i think it, it it's really um it's really important for the the you know federation and everything like that to really convince people of this and get people educated on this and develop you know develop this throughout the implementation of this plan because it is really important. I think the game formats that they have implemented from from Sweden's uh, study with FIHA, and then also the the recommendations they make with the training and and everything like that, is all really beneficial in in getting that message across. But then also, I think from a, a broader scale, the 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 child's right to play and the child's right to sport really helps that as well because it takes that focus away from winning because you can't keep score, you can't keep results, you can't do everything like that until you know, under, I think it's under 14s in Norway. Um, so you really have to change the perspective of, you know, the coaches, the athletes, the parents, and everything like that, because that's what legally required in that country. And I think that's what something is, is really unique for Norway. And, and you know, Vetla said that there's some debate about it and everything like that. But for the most part, I, I think it does, as he said, does do the right things in general and everything like that. So I think it's, it's really interesting and, and, and something that is, is really kind of hopefully going to be implemented and, and, and kind of taken into 
the the system and everything like that and people were going to buy into it and everything like that but yeah really really interesting But anyway, I think that's a, a, a good place to wrap it up for today's conversation with Vetle Dahlberg from the Norwegian Ice Hockey Federation. So thank you to him for taking the time one more time and, and, and joining us today to talk about the pullover model. As we said at the end of the episode, we, we do hope to get him on for a second part, talk about their coach education, coach development system, and how that ties into their pullover model and the stages of development and everything like that. Um, but uh, until that conversation, Vetla, thank you for joining us. And for everybody, thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out our conference coming up in December. Um, Registration is now open for that. You can you can find that on our website link down in the, in the show notes as well. So anyway, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And until next week, bye.